find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to another special player analysis show here on the Masterclass. I'm your host, Haydar Rabani. I'm joined by Jeremy Smith. Again, this is probably the fifth or sixth time now Jeremy is on the show. He is our French football expert, French football writer as well. Today, we're speaking Boubacar Kamara from Marseille. Jeremy, welcome back. I'm sure you're really busy at the moment. I'm sure everybody's uh, dropping you messages saying, come on the pod- on their podcast to discuss French football players. So uh, welcome back on the show. And uh, yeah, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. It's nice to have a break from Arsenal being linked with Lyon midfielders. <laughs> I bet you've done that. Um, is it Bruno, Bruno Guimaraes? I'm sure you've done one recently on that. That's the latest um, one, yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. But uh, look, we're going to talk about Kamara today, Jeremy, and we're gonna, sort of going to go through the, the latest news as well. He has been linked with other clubs, so we will touch on that. And uh, you'll be able to give an insight into, into what you've heard as well and what direction he will be going, whether it's now or a pre-contract signing. We'll talk about his strengths and weaknesses and we'll discuss, you know, sort of the conclusion on, as well. And we'll see how he fits into my United system in that conclusion. But Jeremy, let's start with uh, the latest news. So Kamara is is able to sign a pre-contract, isn't he, with players outside of France. He's been linked to Manchester United. Uh, you know, there was reports coming out that him and Ruben Neves were two midfielders that United want both of them. Uh, he's been linked to Leeds most recently. We've seen him in Newcastle United as well. I mean, they're linked with everyone with all that big, uh, big money. Less we talk about Newcastle, the better, because I'm, you know, I'm not uh, particularly fond of that ownership. But uh, yeah, what what have you heard in regards to Kamara? And uh, is there legitimate, uh, you know, sort of, let's say, reports that he could end up on the red side of Manchester? I think he's he's kind of up for grabs. I mean, there hasn't been any particular sort of concrete reports. He's as you said, he's one of those players that probably for the last few transfer windows and and this one as well is linked with a lot of clubs without anything going that much further. The weird thing is that previously Marseille looked very keen to to get rid of him and cash in, and he wasn't that happy because, I mean, not happy with them. He's very happy at Marseille, and that's why. He was a bit miffed that the club were sort of putting him for sale. And it's a strange one because Marseille, unlike so many French clubs, they don't particularly have a great sort of tradition of bringing through players from their youth system. So he's one of the kind of rare successes. Um, and so, you know, very popular with the Marseille fans and obviously very happy with the, at being at the club. So previously, he was a little bit annoyed that he, he got the impression they were trying to get rid of him. But the fact is that like a lot of French clubs, but more so than than many of them, Marseille do have financial issues. They need to sell before they can buy. And that's why they were possibly looking to offload last summer. So I think that was sort of a factor in any potential contract extension talks breaking down. There was a little bit of tension, I think, between his people and the club's people, which has sort of thawed a bit. And that's why I think he's going to be one of the names that are talked about a lot this month, because as I said, Marseille could do with the money. There's a very good chance that he'll leave at the latest this summer. And obviously 
he's now a free agent. So if he were to leave in the summer, it would be for free, which doesn't help Marseille a huge amount. So I think that the club would be prepared to cash in now and possibly because of his love for the club, he might be willing to to look at offers elsewhere if it means being able to help Marseille a little bit out in the in the process. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, he doesn't, you know, it makes sense that he maybe want to go for at least, even if it's six million rather than going for free because, you know, it, Marseille have got money problems. But I do kind of want to touch on the last time we spoke, we spoke about him and Samari, didn't we? Samari is now at Leicester and we were both discussing that we didn't really see, Samari has talent. We didn't really see what the hype was more for Samari and you were talking about Kamara at the time. Since we last spoke and this was last season, how has Kamara played this season? I'll be completely honest with you, I haven't watched much of Marseille here and there, so I can't really give an opinion. Obviously, you are a French football expert, but uh, has Kamara improved on sort of the level that he was last time we spoke? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Sumare, we kind of the issue was that there was a lot of hype, but he wasn't even playing that often and, and certainly wasn't commanding a place in the team. And, and you know, the, the second half or the last few months of, of last season, he was a huge factor in, in uh, Lille going on to win the title. So he, he sort of did really step up a level, I think. I'm not sure I would talk about Kamara as making one of those big steps but that's not a criticism because I think he was already showing a lot more consistency and and sort of backing up the potential that people were talking about whereas Sumare hadn't yet done that so yeah Kamara I mean he's I think he's 22 now he's already got you know probably around 200 games or competitions um, under his belt which you know Classically, that's that's one of the advantages that young French players have because they're blooded early. They, they've got that experience. He's already captained Marseille a few times now. So I think there's just been a, a very steady tra- trajectory. And although he's not maybe hyped as, many, as much as some midfielders, um, I think it's just because he's always been seen as sort of a very steady kind of hand on the tiller and a quality player that people respect. But And maybe because of that, maybe slightly underappreciated. As I know, like I said, he is always linked with other clubs. So I suppose his talent is recognised. But yeah, it just hasn't, he hasn't quite had that hype that Sumare had for some reason, but it certainly doesn't mean that he's any less of a player. Absolutely. And let's sort of talk about uh, his best position because that has come up uh, before we were speaking off air as well. You know, he ha- he can play centre-back, he can play uh, he does play defensive midfielder. Where where do you think he excels more? And, uh, you know, if he does join, let's say, Manchester United, he will be playing in a Ralph Rangnick system. It'll be a 4-2-2-2, so he'll probably play midfield. Maybe United go to Baxley if he came in. Uh, but where do you see him excelling the most? It's really hard to say. I mean, it's, it's hard to even say whether he's a centre-back who can also play defensive midfield or defensive midfielder who can also play centre-back. I think in the past he's talked about preferring centre-back. Um, personally, I, I think I prefer him as a defensive midfielder. Um, and that that's kind of been one of the issues with him because no one can sort of place him and say, you know, this is the player we want in this position because... He hasn't necessarily made, he's made his place in the team, you know, uh, uh, kind of, you know, there's no debate about his place in the team. It's just a debate about where he, where he's played. Um, As I said, he prefers centre-back, but I think because of his 
actual footballing ability, that's why he's been pushed forward a little bit more. And and for me, I mean, he's he's relatively tall without being, you know, I think he's just under six foot, um, strong enough, you know, decent body strength, but he doesn't sort of stand out as a as a big unit or anything. And, and maybe for that reason as well, I see him a little bit more as a defensive midfielder, a little bit more mobile and and like I said, maybe more um comfortable on the ball than you'd sort of expect of, of many centre backs. So um possibly that's why I'm sort of leaning towards that that position a little bit more. Um but yeah he's certainly capable in both positions. I just feel especially I mean I know League A is a is a very physical league as well, but um Premier League and and you know you expect for example great heading ability and while it's not bad for him I, I that's another reason why I push him maybe a little bit more forwards with a little bit less sort of onus on that aerial ability if he's than you'd expect if he was playing centre back. I agree with that, and I kind of look at Koundé as another player who, if he came to Premier League, I know he another French player that's obviously at Sevilla, but I know he's been linked to Manchester United and Chelsea in the past. But I look at him and think, you know, centre back in the Premier League, he's not the tallest. He's a fantastic footballer. Now, I think when I look at Kamara, I think the same thing. And we'll bring up some statistics now, actually, Jeremy. So on the screen, guys, we've got Kamara's uh, rankings per 90 minutes um, from FBRF. So let's just go th uh, through a few of those really key <laughs> ones here, Jeremy. So you've got uh, passes attempted, look, 93rd percentile. That's that's up there with the best in Europe. You've got pass completion, 92nd percentile. So I just want to break down these two statistics here when we talk about strengths and weaknesses. So you can look at these statistics in two ways. You can say that he's a player who um, is very comfortable on the ball. But you can also say, look, he's playing defensive midfielder. He's playing five-yard passes. So, you know, how sort of uh, adventurous is he going to be or how penetrating is he going to be from that position? So what what do you sort of see when you when you watch him, obviously, play regularly? And then you also look at the statistics that back up those uh, assumptions. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, I, mean, I think that that's... That observation is kind of important for him, I think, because a lot goes through him. You know, if the... Marseille keeper or defence get the ball, he's going to drop back and make himself available to kind of start start the team off on another attack. But he's not going to sort of, you know, spin round and and beat however many men or I was going to say not look for a long pass. I mean, he has got a long pass on him, but I think he's a lot more about, you know, short, sharp transitions, um, you know, take the ball, comfortable on it, um, you know, shield it from maybe the, the first first press and then give it to more mobile players around him you know whether it's a you know a mercurial talent like Payet or even you know someone a little bit more combative but more sort of forward thinking like like Guendouzi I think he's just that sort of metronome in, in midfield that you can rely on to take the ball to protect the ball and then and then um sort of give and go very quickly so yeah I'd, I'd say it's mostly short passes um probably not um sort of high risk or low percentage passes but you know it doesn't make it any less important i guess especially as a defensive midfielder i mean i i kind of want to link it back to manchester united now so you, you obviously you're a brighton fan you've seen united and united aren't a particularly good side at the minute in terms of you know there's a lot of imbalance in the team i think one of the areas of manchester united's weakest areas and everyone knows this is in midfield you've got fred and mctomney i mean for example you know when you're looking at someone like kamari 
does he solve that issue of United having not having that out and out maybe defensive midfielder, someone that's mobile, someone that can break up play? And we'll talk about his defensive stats in a little bit as well. Someone that's able to you know sort of start attacks and uh, you know really shield and allow the players ahead of him ahead of him to flourish and to do, go and do what they want to do, knowing that they've got someone back there that should there be, for example, a counter attack or a transition, you know he's he's good enough and he's mobile enough to be able to stop that. I think that that's probably where he's at his best, sort of shielding the defence, kind of almost told not to push forward too much because that's when he he maybe could be exposed if the other, you know, there's tra fast transition from the other team. But, um, yeah, just uh, kind of patrolling, I guess, the the sort of back half of the middle third, if you like, and, and yeah, pro providing a lot of um support to the defense because obviously that's that's his kind of um area of strength but you know he's not just a destroyer he's a ball winner and a ball carrier in terms of um you know being i guess the first line of the offense if you want yeah no that's absolutely very 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 interesting i mean can you see can you see him i mean like i i look at marseille and i think you know a, a good attacking side can you see him though as someone that can play with a partner at Man United? I mean, does he do that in Marseille, or is he playing more in a lone role? Because that's something that um, you know, should he come to Man United, it'd be quite interesting to see that. Uh, would United then go to a four-three-three? Would they say with a four-two-two-two? You know, would they have that player there that could play in a single pivot or a double pivot? He's played under Villas Boas and San Paoli, so he sort of plays in in more or less every. And then Garcia before that, who's a bit more rigid. But you know, between them, he's probably played in every every single formation you can think of. I mean, San Paoli, he could he could he could end up doing that in one match. So yeah, he's played in a in a sort of as well. I think recently it was a four one four one, and he was the the one in the middle. Um, They've lined up in three, 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 one, um, and then the kind of standard two, you know, four, two, three, one as well. So he he's able to play in any position. He's able to play with a partner. Um, I think if he is playing with with, well, whether it's in a two or a three, I, I, as I said, I think he's he's best suited not to be one of the ones pushing forward. I think he can add a little bit. It's just that's the one thing where I think he can be sort of exposed if kind of play breaks down and the other team attacks quickly um that's not necessarily his biggest strength sort of turning and and you know speed i guess <laughs> isn't his biggest strength but um yeah certainly in terms of formations and his experience of being able to adapt to different formations i think again because of who he's been playing under he's probably well ahead of his years in that sense that's a great thing to actually actually hear because uh, I would say this current Manchester United squad, the football and IQ isn't exactly uh, through the roof. Let's put it that way. And uh, it, it's interesting to hear that a player that's played that because yeah, that, look, Sam Pauli is an absolute. You know, he's a, he's an absolute maverick when it comes to football. You know, AVB as well, a decent tactician, really Garcia. So the fact that he's picked up at such a young age as well. You mentioned he was 22. I didn't realize he was quite that young he feels like he's been around forever doesn't it and i think that's probably one of the positives you did mention he's not really a flashy name he gets mentioned from time to time but he could almost be a bit of a hidden gem for whoever picks him up for such a low fee there'll probably be a sign-on fee and and wages will, will probably be a fair amount but uh no he sounds like a player who almost comes in and does does the job does it consistently seven out of ten you know every single week but i do want to bring up some of these defensive statistics here jeremy so 
The key one I want to sort of pick out, look, his tackles are, are really good, 81st percentile. Interceptions not bad, 43rd. Um, blocks pretty average at 52nd. But pressures are low in the 30th percentile. Now, um, when you're looking at Randick's system and, um, you know, sort of what is expected, there are going to be, you're going to have to have quite a few pressures. There are going to be triggers. There's going to be counter-pressing. That's what he wants from his, uh, his side. So, where does uh, Kamara sort of fit into there? Because you mentioned mobility perhaps isn't one of his strengths or speed, shall we say. Can he do Can he do this side of the game to, to a high level? I think he reads the game very well. So um, you'd sort of hope that he's kind of most of the time in the right place at the right time. But I guess because he's because he is more defensive minded and San Paolo's teams are sort of set up to, to win the ball high and quick, Arguably, the onus isn't even so much on him to do that. It's on the likes of maybe Guendouzi, for example, who's going to be a little bit further up the field and, and obviously is, is kind of known as a real kind of, you know, bites your legs sort of harrier of, of the opposition players that, um, you know, perhaps that isn't his his main responsibility and that's why the percentage is relatively low. But um, as I said, because of the reading of the game, I think you'd still hope that he's he's where he should be but when when the opposition get the ball he's probably just dropped a little bit further back and so the onus is less on him to be doing that kind of pressurizing yeah i think uh the biggest thing i want to see from a player in in that position is i want to see them disciplined i want to see them understanding you know sort of reading the game good awareness um, a good passer as well comfortable in possession you know how is he when someone presses him you know let's say a team you play you play against a team with a very sort of aggressive first wave press and obviously as a defensive midfielder center backs are key but defensive midfielder is key as well is he confident we've seen with his passing statistics are very very high and where he ranks in europe but is he comfortable being pressed and is he comfortable starting attacks yeah yeah he's 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 sort of very calm he's accomplished on the ball like i said he's not he's not going to do anything stupid like try to bomb past half of the opposition team but he's i think he sort of knows his qualities and he knows his limitations so if he needs to sort of protect the ball use his body strength to to shield it from from the opposition and even if it means sort of you know um i don't know dropping the ball back to the keeper rather than than looking to to push forward i think he's he's kind of got a very good judgment of what to do with the ball and when um but yeah he's he's comfortable sort of being pressurized but there's other people who are kind of he knows that there'll be others around him who are expected to do a little bit more with the ball than he is. Yeah, no, that, and that's an important skill as well, isn't it? Knowing your, li- I'm not going to say limitations, but let's call it limitations because I can't think of another word for it. But you know, let's say knowing your limitations, but also playing, playing smart, playing uh, simple but effective, essentially. And that sounds, that sounds what uh, sounds like what sort of player he is. Sort of just to wrap up now, Jeremy, in terms of. Uh, you know, where does he rank in terms of defensive midfielders in, let's say, Liga, and let's say maybe compare him to some in the Premier League as well? Where where would he rank? I mean, he's he's obviously a a, template, a talented and accomplished player, and uh, you know, do you see do you see someone like Manchester United taking? I would say it's a low low risk to be honest, because low fee or even it could even be a free. Uh, you know, he's obviously a young player as well who can be developed. He's not a flashy name, but I think it's like a low risk, possibly high reward sort of player. I think for yeah, for all those reasons, I'd I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, 
again in league A, he's just been quietly very effective obviously it's very hard to judge anything to do with marseille with a level head because everything about them is so sort of you know black and white there's very little middle ground either they're all amazing or all the worst players in the world and you know either they're going to win the champions league or they're going to get relegated it's everything sort of peaks and troughs but he is sort of a bit of a level head in the middle of all of that and um I think he's, you know, he's quietly up there amongst the best defensive midfielders, but there'll always be certain names that, that are popping up and maybe will get a little bit more headlines like Sumare last year. Like, um, I mean, he's not a defensive midfielder, but I did another one of these today about um, Pat Matasar, for example, who's obviously on his way to, to England in the summer as well. Um, I, I'd say in terms of... Liga, he's right up there because he's very comfortable. It's his home. It's it's where he's been playing now for a good sort of three, four years already. In terms of Premier League, I just I find it very hard to judge midfielders because it can really go both ways. You know, for every um, Angolo Conte, you've got a I don't know. Uh, I because I do like him, but. Well, yeah, I guess so. Although I suppose he did, he did well at um, Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say maybe Benjamin Stambouli, someone like that. I, yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. The difference is that, as I said, I, I've said before, I think Liga is just as physical, I think, as the Premier League. But I think the difference is the Premier League is more sort of non-stop, more kind of gung ho, and I think that midfielders in particular struggle to adjust to that because they don't get any kind of breather. Um, I think Camera's got all of the physical capabilities to adjust. It's just a question of how quickly he does it and whether he does it to the levels expected of a Man United, for example. But um, I definitely think that he's got the footballing qualities and intelligence to succeed. I just, you know, he's, despite the experience he that he's got in terms of the number of matches, he is still young, he is still learning. And so... Um, you know, I think if United are prepared to kind of invest in him, and I guess at the same time, if he's prepared to, um, you know, go from being a top flight first team regular and captain to maybe more of a bit part player, at least for his first season, then I think it, it definitely could work. Yeah, to, to end, that's a really fantastic point about um, not expecting too much from him as well. If he comes to Man United, he's not going to fix all of our problems. You know, he's 22 years old. He's coming from a from a, a league like you said that's physical maybe not as not as quick um and i think one of the concerns i do have about him coming to manchester united is 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 that move maybe too big at this stage in his career uh <coughs> sorry i think it's it's possible i feel like <laughs> you mentioned newcastle earlier and i think the likes of Newcastle, Everton, maybe Leeds. Spurs, and certainly Marseille, in, in, to use a French example, I think they've got this kind of, they're constantly looking for the Messiah who's going to come in and, and transform them to the team that they think they should be. United, obviously, have got slightly more entitlement in recent years to call themselves that team that they should be. And so if you're looking for Camera to be the player that is the person who's going to click and, and make United title contenders suddenly all over again then then yeah i think that that's misplaced but i think if you're looking to sort of overhaul 
two or three positions and and kind of start investing in really quality youth and and give them the chance to to really fulfill their potential then i think he could become a, an important sort of cog in the machine yeah i'd agree with that look may United are probably gonna lose two or three midfielders this summer i looking at kamara's as a Matic replacement, I think that's a nice, a nice sort of uh, you know transitioning an older player out and bringing in a, a really young, talented player. And uh, I think him along with a couple more could be some really shrewd business for May United. And there's, there's talent out there, isn't there, Jeremy? That that's available. Liga is just absolutely littered with talent. And I, I, and I know a lot of May United fans would love United to go and invest in someone like this. Not someone with a big flashy name, fifty million pounds. Someone who's six million pounds. Really great. Uh, great value and uh potentially a lot of upside but look jeremy thank you very much for joining me today where can all the listeners find uh, your articles and uh you know your fantastic work so i'm on twitter at jeremy smith 98 and then often sort of podcasting for either french football weekly or get french football news and otherwise during transfer windows you can find me all over the place <laughs> during transfer windows Jeremy comes out of his uh, out of his hibernation and he's just <laughs> everywhere. I even saw today, like, obviously, we, we do chat, don't we? Like, if there's any French football news or whatever, I'll drop you a message, you know, with the Pochettino. Actually, I want to finish on that. Mauricio Pochettino, is he going to leave PSG this summer and is he going to join Man United, in your opinion? This is just your opinion, but this is just Jeremy's opinion, by the way, guys. So don't, you know, don't attack him when he, he doesn't sign for Man United. I can definitely see him leaving PSG um i guess it depends how the rest of the season goes but frankly even if it goes well i could see him leaving i don't think he seems happy there i don't think anyone seems happy with him frankly i think it's not his fault at all i think it's a completely impossible job um as long as certain people above him are still there and getting away with everything um and there's always been that link with United. He's never hidden his desire to go there. So, I can, yeah, I can definitely see it happening. I think the question is whether he will, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I sort of, um, I, I did a thread taken from Lekip on all the issues in the background at, at PSG. And probably it was kind of 50-50 from all United fans, half of them saying, see, it's terrible at PSG, come to come to United, we need you, we'll look after you. And the other half saying, see, I told you Pochettino's rubbish, we don't want him anywhere near the club. So I don't know what the answer is, but I think probably it depends how you felt about Pochettino before he even joined PSG. I mean, you look at Tuchel and you look at Emery, I don't think anyone should be judged on what they do or don't do at PSG. So I hope that, I quite like him, so I hope his stock hasn't fallen too much by the time he leaves PSG and I hope people look at it sensibly and just say you know it's such a kind of head case of a club that it's unfair to judge anyone based on that absolutely we had that conversation didn't we you can't really judge a manager on what they've done at PSG I I'm I'm of the view that I think United could be a really good club club for him if you're bringing in young talent like Kamara I'd like to see them on like to see him and the likes under a manager like Pochettino who has a proven track record we saw at Tottenham look Jeremy thank you very much for joining me guys as always make sure you give Jeremy a follow on J at Jeremy Smith 98 give us a follow on at TF Masterclass give myself a follow on at Hader underscore Obani hit the like button hit the subscribe button and we'll see you all next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.